I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Welcome to episode six of All In Sports. It is Jake Seeley, your host as always. You know me. You're following me at All In Kid, or I hope, or maybe you're just following today's guest and you came over, so follow me at All In Kid. And as always, before we dive in, a reminder, sign Le'Veon Bell jersey I'm giving away at the end of September, although... He still might not be playing at that point. I don't know how excited you guys are for that. But a signed Le'Veon Bell jersey. It's actually the black jersey. It's from Pristine Auction. It's really awesome. All you have to do, a lot of you have done it already, so make sure you get your entry in if you haven't, is go to iTunes, Google Play, wherever. Actually, Google Play is still working on getting the show back up, so blame them, by the way. I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of annoyed. Sidebar. Anyway, go there, Stitcher, iHeart, whatever. Give it five stars. Give it a review. Subscribe. And that's it. Screenshot it. Send it to me on Twitter at OlinKid and you're entered in the contest. And I decided I'll also give away a free t-shirt of the check the link because I still have one left over. By the way, let me go, let me know if you guys want me to order more. I kind of ran out from last year and I assumed everybody who wanted one got one. But let me know. I'll order some more check the link shirts. Maybe not in green, maybe in gray, black other colors. Let me know on Twitter. I'll, I'll order more and send them out to you guys if you want to buy one. And I'm working on trying to come up with a band kickers t-shirt too, but I've talked enough now. We should probably dive into the show. We should probably get into some fantasy football goodness. All right. Now we can officially bring on James Coe, who, by the way, if you listen to the podcast, when I had him on last time, the pork chop sandwiches, pork chop sandwiches. Yeah. That was the part that I was covering up when I said, Hey, welcome to the athletic James. We weren't supposed to say anything yet. <laughs> that was actually it actually made for for really good audio it was really i thought it was pretty damn funny I, I i'm glad you do because i thought i did too so you know if i do a good, good job it's nice to hear people think this it actually took a lot of work we mentioned it like six times through the episode <laughs> well because here's the thing uh when, when we first recorded I really didn't care. I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Let's just talk about it. I mean, I, I didn't uh, officially announce anything, uh, but obviously. But I was like, yeah, sure, what the hell? I don't care. I mean, it's like it's going to happen, so who cares, you know? But then then we got word from uh, higher-ups that uh, it's like, <laughs> uh, maybe we should chill on that first. Yeah, they like to make a big deal. I, I wasn't sure, like, because we had the entire fancy section launch and then we've brought on the hockey people, but the hockey people have you should feel special. Like they, they just came on, it's like, oh, we got fancy hockey. And then like for you, it was like, hey, we gotta announce that James is coming. <laughs> I do feel I do feel kind of honored and special in that way, I guess. There you go. See, so there you go. Well, you know what? Before we talk about the probably biggest news for a wide receiver, let's talk about the other that thinks I, I'm assuming he thinks he's special. What do we do? Are we in panic mode at let's uh one to ten, James? And no Antonio Brown at practice today. <laughs> what is the deal in Pittsburgh? What what's in the water in Pittsburgh? Why is there always so much drama surrounding their stars? I just it's it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, first it's the whole 
I mean, I feel like we're in the midseason already, right? Because we've had, yeah. we have drama with, with Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, and Antonio Brown. That's the full trifecta. We, we've hit the full trifecta, guys. It, it really has. The craziest thing about it, too, is the fact that um, it, there's just young little Juju Smith-Schuster, you know? <laughs> oh, no. That's not where I'm looking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking deeper. I'm looking at if he sits out a game, my boy James Washington. That's what I'm looking at. Interesting. You know what, man? I, I, I feel just completely turned off at this point um, to rookie wide receivers. I mean, and it's funny I say that, too, because week two was like rookie wide receiver bonanza. Like every, <laughs> literally every hyped rookie wide receiver scored a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, it's true. Well, DJ Moore, I mean, it's two targets. You know what the funny thing is, and I guess you can tie this into it, is you see, like, you know, Ron Rivera. Well, we got to get DJ Moore more touches. No kidding, because he's arguably your most talented wide receiver. Right. That's exactly right. And, and, and you kind of figured you'd see an uptick, too, with um, with Greg Olson gone. It, it was great how he, you know, how, how he played in that game, too, because, you know, they got him the ball around the line of scrimmage, and uh, he turned a short game into a long game. You know what I mean? So, uh, for me, that's kind of – if you watch DJ Moore at all, and call, that's what he does. You know what I mean? He's basically right. a, a running back out there once he gets the ball in his hands. So, uh, so yeah, it was great to see him, uh, you know, succeed and, and for the Panthers to utilize him in that way. So let's everybody out there. I, I'm sure probably by the time we listen to this podcast, we might have a resolution or, you know, if you're listening to it on Wednesday, we might already have news. But as of right now, we'll say as of noon Eastern time on Tuesday, you go out there and try to buy loan Antonio Brown. Cause I will, I, I really don't think this is going to turn into anything. I know we have that whole tweet about trade me and find out and all that nonsense, but yeah. I, I really don't think this is going to turn into anything. Or, as you said, something in the water. I mean, with the whole Le'Veon Bell situation and everything else, do you maybe trade away Antonio Browning because you don't want – like, even if he holds out for one week or, like, the team decides to play hardball, which is just insane. I'm just saying, like, what's your potential thought on anything actually happening? I think there's a 0% chance of anything happening. I mean, the Steelers themselves are a – organization that does not really cave into player demands. Um, you know, we've kind of seen that throughout the, you know, past decade probably, you know, where guys try to hold out and nothing really happens, you know. So, Two weeks of Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've seen it already in 2018. So there you go. But, yeah, no, I mean, for Antonio Brown, I, you know, I don't know, uh, and it doesn't seem like anybody quite knows why uh, he didn't sh- he decided not to show up on, on Monday. But it is certainly disconcerting. I, I, how, how crazy would it be? This is just total speculation, by the way. But how crazy would it be if he's like, you know what, man? I support my boy, Lev Bell. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to hold out, too. Wouldn't that be the craziest thing? I mean, that would be awesome. I, I, would it be awesome? I mean, it would just ruin everything. I mean, you're, uh, yeah, you're, well, you're going to just like, well, you love to see the world burn. Is that it? I do. hundred percent. I love seeing the world burn. I, I love seeing drama and, uh, and people freaking out. I, I love it. I, I do have a question about that. Like, like I, I think it's almost impossible not to have it happen, but I don't own Antonio Brown anywhere because everybody knows this. I w- I'm bell cow. So if I was drafting in the top six spots, I was taking a running back. So unless he made it to seven, I wasn't taking him because I was even taking Barkley and Kamara ahead in, fr- in front of him. And if he yeah, seven, he never makes it that far anyway, because somebody always takes him. So I literally own Antonio Brown 
nowhere in my 30 plus leagues. Do you ever have that like feeling where you're kind of like, Ah, ha, ha, if something happens like and it doesn't affect you i mean i don't like i'm not trying to say like i want somebody to you know tear his acl and be done for the year but it's just kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like you know what ha, ha, it happened to everybody else and not me yeah i mean i'm trying to think of a player that that i was kind of first of all can we just can we can we rewind for a second here you play in 30 fantasy leagues. <laughs> well, no, no, no. so what it's, is it's, wrong with you? Why no, you it's, it's, hold on, hold on. It's actually less because it's only 50. Only 50 it's, I actually had to create a spreadsheet so I can remember when all my waivers were. It was oh, it's, it's 15 managed teams. It's another 15 best ball, which honestly, that's small. Well, there's a lot of people out there with like 80 to 100 best ball leagues. But the, the, I think the bigger issue is, as you said, oh, my Lord, is the 15 where I actually have to manage. <laughs> <laughs> Why on God's green earth would you do that to yourself? It snowballed. So, like, like, all right, I have my home league. That thing's never going away. I mean, we've been in this thing for now 12 years, I think. So, okay. yeah, I have yeah. the, the flex leagues, which I was only supposed to be in two of them, but somebody bailed at the last minute, and I'm in all three now. So, I'm in all three flex leagues. And then, you know, like, I have Mike Clay's going deep that I've been doing for a couple of years. Uh, the Scott Fishbowl. And so there's a couple that I've already been doing. And then I kept getting asked at weird times where I was like, yeah, you know what, what's one more and not realizing how many were building up until I got to about 14. <laughs> and then the 15th one was just a buddy. In the, yeah. So that, that's why I, I already wow. forgot about one. I, I already missed waivers in one of them. You know, you know how bad that is, especially if you missed it and you drafted way in the beginning of August and you missed that first run of waivers. Yeah. I might as well yeah, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, it, it's it's a long season. Stuff happens, you know. So I mean, it does. I, but when you when you draft the second week of August and you have the ra- waivers run before the first week of the season and you don't get involved in that at all, well, there's no free agency period. It's just the, oh the no, it is. is but I, well, oh. who's left? At that oh point? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right. Okay. No, I, I mean, yeah. So, but 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 really, Jake, you need an intervention, man. Fifteen is that's. I mean, I do fantasy for a living. I think that's a problem. Well, all right. So here's a, I think that we're going to move on from this because nobody really cares. <laughs> the best one is actually my favorite one so far. I joined one not knowing kickers were a part of it. And you know me, I refuse to yeah. play kickers. I have gone kickerless the first two weeks and I'm 2-0. and Nice. <laughs> my goal is to just, I don't even care if I win. I just want to make the playoffs never using a kicker. Man, that... That is – that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. You no. know what? As, as a sidebar, did you see that report over the weekend? Do you believe that the NFL is going away from it, or do you think that's just, hey, that's a fun Monday talking point? Yeah, that's just a Monday talking yeah, point. That's, that's, that's stupid. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, for well, as much – Which is more stupid? That th- I'm going to set one up for you. Which is more stupid, James? That yeah. thought that the NFL should just get rid of kickers – or, or, like, you know what? Let's make it a realistic stupidity. So, as I say that, let's say the NFL gets rid of extra points. So now you can only go for, like, so you can still have field goals, but was that stupid? Or is it the fact that the Browns signed somebody that nobody's ever heard of instead of Dan Bailey? Which is stupider? <laughs> they, they both deserve, uh, you know, Hall of Fame status in terms of stupidity. First of all, you know, I, I, something something tells me that the Browns did reach out to Dan Bailey because I guess there was a report that Bailey had turned down offers from four different teams. Oh, okay. Um, 
And, and you know what? He seems like a smart enough dude where he's like, I do not need to go to the Browns. Um, <laughs> I mean, look at how many kicker changes, that, you know, go around in the NFL on a yearly basis. So, I mean, he's probably like, well, I just wait this one out, man. I'm good, you know. Um, but so, yeah, so him going to the Minnesota Vikings, man, I mean, what a terrific fit. And, and the Vikings are so smart to do it. But, yeah, it, if you're the Browns, I don't – what do you – I don't know, man. I just – it's like a weekly occurrence. It's, it's like a bi-weekly occurrence where you're like – you're just shaking your damn head. You're like, what Browns, what you doing, man? Browns, what y'all doing? It's amazing. I, I, I don't get it. So we have that – First of all, let, let me just get this off my chest. The Browns absolutely destroying Josh Gordon's trade value by announcing that they were going to release him and then turning around – and then trading him to the damn Patriots for a fifth round, a conditional, not even a locked and loaded fifth, a conditional fifth is beyond stupid. Wait, so, so you're not buying into those people out there that actually thought it was a shrewd move to announce it and then they got more than they possibly could have? You, you don't think you're not buying into that part? No, that is so stupid. <laughs> Stupid. First of all, what you do, this is the move, okay? You go through back channels, you tell some media people, hey, listen, we're, we're taking offers for Josh Gordon. And so then the rumor mill builds up. You see what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. So, and like, that, here, here you go for fantasy. It's like, all right, you want to trade somebody. It's probably, you know, you, you're, uh, because here's the scenario. You're, you're a loaded team, and you're going to drop somebody that's valuable, that you know somebody's going to pick up, but he's the only person you could possibly drop. Let's give it a – I'll say a James White. It's like you're, you want to go out there and potentially get some wide receiver help this week, and you have the only person you could possibly drop is James White. So you do what you just said. The second part is you go to your fantasy league, hey, I know some people need running back help, Anybody want to make an offer on James White? Or, it, or even say James White or other running backs. You don't go and say, I'm going to drop him right, if I can't right. get an offer. <laughs> it's so stupid. I just, I, it's like it's beyond I, just comprehension. I, I just can't even – why would you do this? You have to know. You have to know. Same thing with Corey Coleman. It, it's like, guys, he's a first-round draft pick. Somebody is going to give you something for him. Not – I mean, maybe not like – they're not going to give you a third. They're not going to give you a fourth. They'll give you something. You know, <laughs> it's just – what are you guys doing? It just, so, it just boggles the mind. All right. Well, here let, – let's break this down. The Josh Gordon okay. situation has happened. All right. And, okay. And in my waiver column, I broke it down. So I'm going to give you my side of it, and then you come at me, tell me where you agree, disagree, everything. So first, we'll do the first nugget first. We'll just take Josh Gordon by himself. Josh Gordon, now, yes, with the Patriots and everybody in the world, eye rolls, whether it's fantasy or real life, it's just the Patriots being the Patriots again. Now, you see people out there, this could be Randy Moss, and that's my exact reason why I say this, James. If you own Josh Gordon, trade him now. His value is never going to be higher than the overreaction people have right now thinking he's going to be Randy Moss for them. That's a great point, um, and it very well could be. Although, you at least have to build into your model, for example. you got to build in that what happens if he comes out week three, has like three catches for like 150 yards and two touchdowns. Like it could get higher? <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So you're right. I think the trade value for him right now is very high, but – 
the week the what is the week three range of outcomes for Josh Gordon? It could I think literally it's be, the ceiling or nothing. That's right. That, is there a player in the NFL right now where you can confidently say that's your that's your range of outcomes? Zero or twenty points in fantasy? <laughs> it's it's bananas. It's bananas. I mean, and, and like, it literally, I don't know. I, nothing would surprise me with Josh Gordon and the Patriots. Nothing. I mean, realistically, I'm I'm thinking to myself, he probably doesn't even play week three. You know right. what I mean? Well, that's, don't, that's don't forget, he came back twice and played immediately and put up numbers. That's what. But see, that's what that that's why it's in the range of outcomes that this dude can put up 150 and two touchdowns. That that's what's so crazy about it. Um, and you're right, you know, to, to compare him to Randy Moss is just ridiculous because Randy Moss is, is Randy Moss. I mean, uh, you, you know, it's like Josh Gordon is a good player. You know, he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. He's not one of the two or three best wide receivers. <laughs> you know I mean? So that, that's where it gets a little hinky. And, oh, by the way, how long ago was that? That was like 10 years ago, right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, we're talking about a Tom Brady from 10 freaking years ago. You know what I mean? It's not. We're not talking about the you know forty whatever year old Tommy out there. You know what I'm saying? And, and look, Tom's done a great job staying in shape and doing all those things. But you're 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 insane if you think ten years ago Tommy was not better than than the current Tommy. You know what I mean? Like it's just. Yeah. I mean, let, let's use a little bit of logic here. You know what I mean? It's like a Josh Gordon is not one of the two or three best receivers of all time, and b the quarterback throwing him the ball is not the same Tom Brady throwing him the ball. You know what I mean? So. I mean, let, let's get realistic with the expectations. I mean, he, he, he did not kick off. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that being said, I mean, range of outcomes for, you know, ROS. Let me, okay. Is, let me well, – rest of the season, I think the range yeah. of outcomes is wide receiver one or wide receiver four. Yeah, I, that I agree with, 100%. I'm like, why? Well, I, I thought you were saying wide receiver one overall. Oh, yeah. No, that's my range of outcomes. He's, he's between one and four overall. <laughs> I just don't know whether he's going to be one or four. That's it. Right, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Either, you're either a top 10 guy or maybe like a top 50 guy, right? So I would agree with that. All right, let me give you a couple for instances then. Let's say yeah. you're out there with Josh Gordon. Do you take Amari Cooper for him? No. What? No. 100% no. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, you know, we haven't done a whole lot of shows together. I know I'm probably the biggest hater of Amari Cooper in the world, but I don't know if you, there's still people out there that argue for him every turn they can get. I know, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But We have enough data. This was the year. John Gruden was going to change him and make him consistent. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, just no. I'm, I'm right. not, yeah, nope, I'm how, off that train. How about if I gave you Allen Robinson straight up? Ooh, okay, now we're talking. So I think somewhere if, like if I had Josh Gordon, I would absolutely take Allen Robinson for Josh Gordon straight up right now. Okay. I, I think that's a good range to understand, like, where you're getting rid of the risk, but also getting quality back. How about running back-wise? Would you try and get, like uh, – I'd say Lamar Miller or Derrick Henry because they haven't done a whole lot yet. Lamar Miller hasn't found the end zone, or are you looking for more because it's Josh Gordon? Um, I think Lamar Miller's probably a fair trade. I don't think – if I had Josh, I probably wouldn't trade him for Derrick Henry because Henry's usage right now is just all over the place. Yeah. Um, and so, so, yeah, I mean, I like uh, – look, if this was like, you know, preseason, yeah, you do that deal. 
You know what I'm saying? But now that we've had two weeks of data, you, you, you just probably can't. You know, I mean, it's just – I like Derrick Henry, the player. Uh, I liked what his – the overall thought process was in terms of drafting him as high as he went. Um, that being said, I never took Derrick Henry anywhere. But um, Here's a fun one yeah. for you. Go ahead. I think, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I just, I'm not even going to say if you have Josh Gordon. Which side do you want? Because okay. one has a lot of uncertainty, and the other one has a hell of a lot of uncertainty. It was Josh Gordon for a James Conner trade. Oh, man. Oh, man. What side would I rather have? That's a tough one. That is a tough <laughs> one. Um, man. Because you know what? You know at some point that that lottery ticket's going to expire. Oh, yeah. It's like I – mean, it's just going to disintegrate in your hands like uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean oh, – Spoiler I mean, alert yeah. if nobody's ever seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. You know, it's just going to – yeah. Golly. <laughs> uh, I'm such an upside chaser, man. I'd probably keep Josh Warden. Oh, there you go. I found the breaking point for you. <laughs> oh, but that's that's a that's a tough one, man. And I don't and even if I hit if I hit decline on that, you know, if I had Josh Gordon I hit reject, I would feel I, I would immediately regret it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like I, wait, wait, put that back up there. I need to think about it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> oh man, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's all right. So let's talk about the Patriots now. And okay. see what you get, because as you, no surprise, I'm sure to you, you get the immediate put. Well, uh, let me set this up better. I came out initially and I said, Chris Hogan, sell right now if you get wide receiver two value, because you're avoiding the risk. And, and I think Philip Dorsett, his value is out the window in two weeks as soon as Julian Edelman's back. And you're looking at a situation here where Chris Hogan's still going to have value, but he went from a wide receiver two consistently, especially the fact that he avoided the two toughest matchups and actually scored twice in one of them, that he was going to be a consistent wide receiver too. Now he's going to be one week, you get your touchdown in 70 yards, and the next week you get 20 yards. Because if you looked at it, even last week getting the touchdowns, the target share is not very high. And now you add in Gordon, and now you have Edelman back in two weeks. So that's why I said that. But then, of course, where I was going with the first part is you get the narrative pushback of people saying, well, that means he's going to get softer coverage and he's going to get less look like it's going to open things. Like it's just such a, I don't want to call it a crutch argument, but I'm sure, you know, it's like the immediate thing people always throw out there. Like I'll give a perfect example. The giants, the point was, well, you can't dismiss Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard because that will open things up with them. Well, what do we see last week is <laughs> when you start with Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham, there's not a whole lot left over for Sterling Shepard. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and to me, um, I never understood the Chris Hogan hype anyways. You know, it's like people are using the same mentality that they use for other football teams and trying to apply it to the New England Patriots. And what I'm talking about is people say, well, somebody's got to catch the ball. I've heard that a million times. Somebody's got to catch the ball. And you're right. You're right. 100% right. That usually that works for, I don't want to say all 31 other teams, but probably like 25 other teams that that logic works for the Patriots. That does not work. They got guys, they find guys, they scheme guys. And to me, if you look at what Chris Hogan has done over his course uh, of his career, he's never in his life seen more than 61 targets in his career. 
He's never had more than 41 receptions. As a matter of fact, with the New England Patriots, he's never even broken the 60-target threshold, and he's never broken the 40-reception threshold either. So, and even if you were to break down his target share, again, as you mentioned, without Edelman, over the last couple of games, he's still only on pace for about 100 targets uh, right. over the next, you know, if you were to project that out for 16 games. So, to me – I don't understand the – I never understood the preseason hype. Uh, the price tag was way too high. And, again, you're right. He's got two touchdowns in two games. I would very much doubt that that holds up. So, yeah, if you can trade him right now and you can get uh, wide receiver two value, I would absolutely do it. You know, is somebody willing to trade you, for example – Oh, gosh, I don't know. Brandon Cooks, maybe? Uh, yeah, I'm not even a Brandon Cooks fan, and I would take that. Oh, in a heartbeat. Would someone trade you Robert Woods? I would take um, Robert Woods over Chris Hogan. Nah, you found my breaking point. I'm, take, I'm, keeping, I'm keeping Chris Hogan. I want better than that. Yeah, you know, just for me, Robert Woods, you know, it continues to be a guy that is um, – and the reason I love him especially – look, in standard, probably not, but in PPR, 100%. He's still leading the team in targets, and he's still leading the team in air yards, believe it or not. Um, so, so, yeah, I, would, I, would, I still believe it, that Robert Woods is the – I don't want to say the go-to, but he's going to be the 1A to, you know, to Brandon Cook's 1B. It just happens to be who will pop up and have a bigger day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Cooper Cup guy, so that's the problem there. I'm just – I'm, I'm a huge Cooper Cup guy. You know what? Well, let's transition this into the entire situation of this frustrations and not knowing the usage with something that you're talking about on the site and is a great article to read. And that's the Royce Freeman panicking owners because uh, your article actually says, Co knows why Royce Freeman is going to the panic room. We've seen the touches <laughs> through the first couple of weeks. Look, yeah. I think that the Devontae Booker thing is the most frustrating. Like, dude, go away. Like, I, it, it's fine that you guys wanted to start using Philip Lindsay. And obviously that was the right call. And that's great. But do we really need to keep Devontae Booker in the mix? I, I don't understand that part of it. So where are you in this whole situation? You know what the funny thing is, too, James, is I, like, I talked about Philip Lindsay last week because nobody really knew who he was. And in the waiver column, I said he's basically their version of Dandy Woodhead. I mean, you look at the size, you look at the ability. I mean, people love player comps. He is Danny Woodhead. And people, like, the funny thing was, is I got pushback telling me that was like a slight, like that, 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 that was like critical of him. Like, do you not remember Danny Woodhead? Do you not remember him in fantasy being an RB2 year in and year out and getting over 1,000 yards? And this was before the majority was playing PPR. But for whatever reason, people, I guess, think Danny Woodhead is a slight on somebody. But how are you treating this now? Are you – are you buying Freeman? Are you selling Freeman? Are you stuck with Freeman? Uh, uh, what do we do here? I think, uh, I think the Danny Woodhead comp is, is actually really fair. Um, you know, I, he's, Lindsay is surprisingly, I think, a really good runner between the tackles. Um, and, and the other thing that I really liked about him, too, and, and i got to be honest with you, you know, look, look I'm a Pac-12 guy. I'm a big Pac-12 guy. Um, I saw Philip Lindsay play, but I never gave him any mind because I'm like, eh, at the next level, he's too small, you know? Right. And that's a big reason why he went undrafted because he's 5'9". Uh, and in college, man, this guy was 180 pounds. So, you know, they list him at 190. I, I don't know, even know if he's there yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he might be 5'9", a buck 85, okay? Um, 
But the thing I went, so I went back and watched some college tape on him. And the one thing I really liked was the fact that, man, he is exquisite in pass protection. I mean, he will take on, I mean, I'm talking free rushers, free, like, you know, 290 pound D tackle, free rushers. And he's taking them on straight away. Um, and he's got great technique. He explodes right at the last second, really pushes the guy up um, and does maximizes every inch of leverage that he has in that 190-pound frame. Um, so he's great in pass protection. I think that's part of the reason why he's getting so much um, playing time, although we haven't necessarily seen him uh, have to utilize that skill quite yet. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, he's great out of the backfield. I mean, that's how he scored his first touchdown in the NFL, was right out of the backfield, running a, a nice little wheel route, showing off that, you know, 4-4 speed, and he was gone. So um, he's absolutely the real deal. And, and I think, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think it's a quote-unquote slight to call him a, a Danny Woodhead, but you know what's crazy? I think he could have a better season than what Danny Woodhead has posted. I think he can, I think he legitimately can put up a thousand yards, 40 receptions and, you know, six to eight touchdowns. Well, Danny's uh, done that. Danny has done that, you know, but I mean, how often, you know what I mean? Although look, to be fair, again, 190 pounds, can he hold up that? And I think that's an absolutely a, a fair question um, in the NFL. So, so we'll see. So in that case, would you consider throwing out a low ball offer on Dan and Royce Freeman? I am, <clears throat> I'm of the mindset that um, I would not trade for Royce Freeman. Although, uh, I, I just feel I, I, it's it's I'm so torn on it because you know when he touches the ball, he actually looks really good. Yeah. The problem is he's just not touching the ball that often. You know what I mean? Uh, he got eight carries here in week two. He had 15 in week one, which is 15 in week one is fine. Um, and he basically had uh, the same amount of snaps and carries as Philip Lindsay. But as you mentioned, Devontae Booker now in the mix as well. Devontae Booker outsnapped Royce Freeman in week two. That's a problem. That is a big-time problem. If they're going to continue to use Booker uh, and mix him in with Freeman and then basically lean on, on, on Philip Lindsay as, you know, every passing down Philip Lindsay's out there. And, oh, by the way, he's still going to mix in on first and second down. I, I'm not sure what's left on the bone for Royce Freeman. I really don't. Um, do you, do you want to guess their snap counts through two games off the top of your head? Um, in terms of percentages, I, I would probably – I don't them. have – it's Philip Lindsay one. There's just no question. And then it's – and then I would probably say Booker and, and Devon – Booker and Freeman are probably tied. Uh, close. 45 for Freeman, 41 for Booker. Okay. So, so there but, you go. But, but it is Philip Lindsay leading the way, yeah? Yeah, Philip Lindsay has 54. Yeah. So um, on top of that, by the way, he actually has more run snaps than Royce Freeman, 29 to 23. He actually has more carries than Royce Freeman on the season. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and again, it's just, yeah. It, look, if you drafted Royce Freeman, um, Sorry about your luck, man. I just don't think you're going to get return uh, on the value that you drafted him in. Well, the bottom line was if you drafted in, you know, in, in late August, um, Freeman was going as a top 50 selection, universally a top 50 selection. And as a matter of fact, a lot of guys are taking him at the turn because they were thinking, well, I'm probably not going to get him back on the way right. back, and I right. really love Freeman. So there was a lot of variance in terms of, you know, guys take – you know, if you went – 
if you went running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, you're like, you know what, man, fourth top of the fourth round or whatever, whatever. Like, I'm just going to go and take Royce Freeman. So there was a lot of people who spent, you know, a top 35 pick, a top 50 pick on Royce Freeman, and I just I don't see you getting return on that value at all in 2018. No, it's tough. And, you know, I actually had Royce Freeman inside my top 20 running backs, but that was similar to, you know, look, it would have been nice for a little bit more confirmation in the preseason to know what was going to happen. But I did that with the writing aside, the combination of Lindsey and Booker. I was thinking this was going to be Royce Freeman, that he was a better pass catcher than people realize. Not that he's elite, not that he's even on the same page as these guys, but similar to Derrick Henry and the fact of like, they don't realize, you know, this guy can actually catch the ball pretty well. And I was expecting, if worst case, and I'll tell you, this is why I was wrong, well, at least as of today, of having him as a top 20 running back, is because everything we're talking about right now is my assumption was, okay, maybe Lindsey wins, and now Booker's the third, he's the backup option if something happens to Freeman. I was not expecting basically a third, a third, a third, and it talked about touches and snaps. I thought it would be Freeman 60, Lindsey 30, and maybe Free, or Booker 10 or something like that. Yeah, I think so. I think that sounds about right. To me, um, I was completely writing off Philip Lindsay. He's an undrafted rookie. You know what I mean? They spent a, I mean, they spent a pretty good draft capital on taking Royce Freeman. You know and what I love, by the way? Yeah, go ahead. Undrafted rookie. Like, there's, I, I love the people that all of a sudden tweeting, like, you know, uh, out there, like, this, you know, this is Lindsay. He got disrespected. He should have been at the combine. Did you not see this? Did you not see? Where were these people saying this four months ago? Get the hell out of here. I totally agree. I, I completely agree. And, and who's that kid out of Duke? Was it Sean Wilson? The running back there in oh, Tampa yeah. Bay? Tampa Bay, yeah. And I'm like, who the hell is Sean Wilson? And all of a sudden, the Duke hive comes for me on Twitter. Oh, you need to watch more football. Don't you dare disrespect Sean Wilson. I'm like, bro, first of all, calm down. Who the hell watches Duke football? No disrespect to Duke football. They got a, they got a good little program going on. No question about it. No, I have no um, problem disrespecting Duke. I'm a UNC fan, so I hate Duke. I hate hey, Duke. there you go. There you I go. Hate, hate no, well, here's the perfect. I mean, here's the example. No, yeah. it does. And look, we, I say we, as in the collective of uh, football in general. Even if you are somebody like me or Matt Walden, who's even a steps ahead of me and like watching rookies coming into the NFL. Go to Adam yeah. Thielen. Nobody was talking. About, nobody knew who Adam Thielen was. Sometimes. These people get overlooked. It just happens. There, there it wasn't, just happens. Yeah. There wasn't somebody out there like, hey, check out my write-up on Adam Thielen because nobody had one. <laughs> who, the hell's, who the hell is grinding on Minnesota State tape? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, who's doing that? Like, how do you even find it? That, that's my question. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I just go on YouTube and go look up Minnesota State Mankato football. That's, that's a pretty easy find. Obviously, I should have found it. My bad. Yeah, like hey, don't, don't worry. You only need like six of their games. All 12 are up there, but you, only six of their games. <laughs> right, exactly, you know. Uh, uh, let's, let's talk about some other guys here. Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon out for two-ish weeks? Two-ish. Like, like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's like eh, he has to be the top waiver. And I, some people that are still in the rolling waivers say, do I blow my first waiver spot on him? And I don't even need running backs. And my point is to you, James, and to everybody out there is I'm saying yes, because if nothing else, you're blocking the rest of the league and probably getting a trade chip on your hand. I agree. Um, And, you know, again, I I know that he's a Joe Mixon is a young man and and they're estimating two weeks. I find that really hard to believe that an NFL running back can have a, a, 
I love the, I love when they call it a procedure too. It's like, bro, he had surgery. It's like, that is a surgical, yes, it's a surgical procedure, but I like the fact that we just disregard the surgical part and just go straight. <laughs> it's just a procedure. No, dog, it's a surgery. He had knee surgery. It was, it was a quote unquote minor knee surgery. Uh, but you know, the fact that he can go under the knife and then, you know, there's going to have to be some, you know, some rest period, obviously. Uh, and then the expectation that he would then basically rest up for a week and then hit practice and then play is just, I don't know. I just don't buy it, you know? So to me, I, I would anticipate more of like, cause even if it's two weeks, I mean, what is he going to give you in week three? I still think it's going to be a heavy geo script. You know what I mean? I don't um, want him to be aggressive. Basically, if I'm a mixing owner, like please don't come right. back fast. That's a great point too. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I would anticipate him being. They're saying two to four weeks. I would definitely lean on on the longer side of that, just because again, it's running back. It's your knee. Why are you messing around? Don't don't are mess you, around with that. Are you picking up Walton in PPR leagues? It's not Walton I'm picking up. I'm actually thinking about picking up Trey Carson. Um, oh, okay. Because I, I think that I, my mind, my mindset is maybe Trey Carson picks up. And again, this guy's huge. This guy's a big boy. Right. Um, uh, and I'm, and I'm kind of thinking maybe Trey Carson is the, you know, banger and they keep geo in that pass catching role. And maybe they still use him more often and they just throw the ball more often. Um, that, I, I think that probably makes more sense to me from a football perspective. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can, I don't think you can run geo, you know, out there 40, 50 snaps. It just, I just, that just doesn't seem to, I can't wrap my mind around that. So, uh, they're going to need a bigger body back. And to me, it's, I think it might be Trey Carson. That's interesting. That's a good point. You know, cause Mark Walton, I think, did I tell you, I know I told somebody or I forget who I told, but anyway, my whole point about the excitement I had for Joe Mixon was that they drafted the basically heir apparent to Giovanni Bernard and Mark Walton. Like it wasn't somebody who was going to contend with Joe Mixon. So right. to your point, that, that, that's really good. That might be the interesting, and especially in a non-PPR, the interesting, hey, you know, let everybody else spend all their money and I'll just stash Trey Carson in case something happens there. All right, Philadelphia Eagles, not a great start to the season, but Carson Wentz is back, James. Yay! <laughs> Seriously, how excited should we be? Because he doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey. He doesn't have Mike Wallace. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's like, what does he actually have? Hey, surprise, surprise, JJ is dealing with an injury too. Yeah, that, that's the part that hurts. Um, I think they could have, look, last year when there was oh, all hold those. On, hold on, not, not to cut you off, but to go back to what I said before. This is the one I'm actually laughing at everybody for. Because I own JJ nowhere. This is one I'm like, look, I tried to warn you. You got JJ, your fault. Well, you're speaking directly to me because I think I have Jay Ajayi in a lot of spots. Oh, well, really that's, like your fault. that's your fault. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Jay Ajayi, well, look, man, I drafted him to be an RB2, you know. And I, I think, even want him there. I, 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 think he's done, I think he's done a pretty admirable job, actually, as an RB2. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not mad at him right now. You know, the thing with the Eagles last year is – is when they have the injuries, um, especially along that offensive line, um, they really leaned on LeGarrette Blunt. And to be honest with you, LeGarrette Blunt was the reason why that offense was able to stay afloat. He was doing such a great job keeping the offense moving in the right direction, manageable down and distance, 
um, and doing a lot of the work on his own, you know, because you look at some of the next-gen stats, we've got yards gained after close and yards gained before close. And yards gained before close basically is like an offensive line metric, and it measures how far the offensive line goes upfield before a defender gets to within one yard of the ball carrier. And LeGarrette Blunt had a negative yards gained before close. And it really shouldn't surprise folks because when you see big LeGarrette Blunt back there, you're thinking, okay, run. So we're going to run blitz. <laughs> and the offensive line was injured for most of that year, for most of 2017 as well. Jason Peters missed a lot of time. Um, despite that, LeGarrette Blunt uh, still kept that, you know, still kept that ball moving in the right direction. And, and really, I think the Eagles needed to lean on Jay Ajayi to keep that ball moving in the right direction with Nick Foles under center. Now that Carson Wentz is back, you know, I still, you know, obviously he's the, you know, the tide that lifts all boats, but they still need a grounded pound running back. Um, and I think Doug Peterson wanted to lean on Jay Ajayi, but, you know, will the injury limit him? I think it will. And I think we'll see a lot more Corey Clement. You throwing Carson Wentz right back in your lineup? I I know it's relative, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I probably am not. I don't think I I don't think I would rank him, and I don't do rankings, but I don't think I would rank him as a top twelve quarterback here in week three. I'd have to look at the matchups, but um, I probably wouldn't for all the mention for all the reasons that you mentioned. Who who the hell is he throwing to? <laughs> that's that's the big issue here. I don't know, who knows when Alshon Jeffrey's coming back? I you know what? And good thing you don't do rankings because you would have wildly missed on Ryan Fitzpatrick for the second week in a row, like I did. You know, <laughs> saw that one coming. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, and he's been he's been the funny thing about that too is he he's been hurting fantasy defenses. You know, because a lot of folks were streaming the Saints defense week one because they had <laughs> yeah. taken so many great strides with Marshawn Lattimore in 2017. And they're thinking, oh, yeah, backup quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he throws a lot of picks, and <laughs> boom, you get hit with a negative spot. Because I, I have the same defense. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It was, it was, that was a brutal week one. And then in week two, you're, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll stream a defense against, against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah no, that's not going to happen. By the way, uh, as we're doing this, there you go, breaking news, uh, the Eagles signed Josh Adams off their practice squad. So mm, concern for JHI looks to be continuing there. Also, yeah, you, you, you want the quote on what we got for Antonio Brown here? <laughs> I would love the quote. So Tomlin has said that he was not at headquarters Monday, but he is meeting with Brown today. He will handle any issues in-house, but expects Brown to continue to be a contributor and that he hasn't asked been traded. So there you go. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. You know what? I want to sidebar real quick. This is real yes. NFL life. Somebody okay. said this to me after, so there was a, the Hampton Road Youth Foundation had a football thing here, and I, I got the benefit. This isn't like a name drop. It's just like, it was awesome. It's an awesome experience for me to be able to interview Mike Tomlin. And when I was telling people about it and I'm telling them like how cool he is to talk to and people, you know, just awesome. People say, like, I think that's his problem as a coach is he's too nice. Do you buy into that? And maybe that's why there's so many problems every single year with the Steelers. I don't think so. You know, it's funny when people say there's so many problems. I, there are probably 27 other teams that would like to have those quote unquote problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's I'm with you. I know, I, look, I set it up. I, I know exactly. I'm a hundred percent with you. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, okay, Mike Tomlin's too not. What does that mean? Like, are you saying that if he was a hard ass, like he should have won five Super Bowls? Probably not. You know what I mean? So, I mean, 
This team's in the playoffs every single year, but yeah, he's an yeah, idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's the part that I don't, I just don't understand. You know, it's like, oh, Tom, Tomlin's not doing a good job. It's like, really? Because the Steelers win. The last time I checked, that's all that matters in the NFL. You know, it's like that's all they do. I, I mean, the, and, and that's the thing with with the with the you know with the Mike Tomlin haters. It's kind of like, well, what else are you going to get? You know what I mean? So. And look around the NFL. You know what I mean? It's just – it's so crazy that, like I, – I get it. And, and, and again, I started this podcast by saying, like, I, I am that man that likes to watch the world burn. But – and so I find a lot of, you know, humor and, you know, mirth in, in all this team drama stuff, you know. And I'm, I'm I, I totally at my keyboard, like, looking at this stuff and reading all of, all of it and loving it. But – to put that to, to quote unquote blame Mike Tomlin, I'm like uh, blame him all you want, but you got to give him credit for the wins too, you know. Uh, yeah, it's that's how that's sports. You know, everything's going right, everybody's happy. Something goes wrong, so got to blame somebody. All right, yeah. a few more before we get out of here. David Johnson, one to ten. What's your panic level meter? Um, it's probably a good solid seven. Um, <laughs> I, look, I, I, how I was, much, hey, wait, wait, how many of those sevens directly relate to Mike McCoy? Yeah, man. Um, you know what, you know, what's really funny. The reason it's that high, it's not necessarily because of Mike McCoy, although Mike McCoy is doing some confounding things with David Johnson, you know, again, in my next, in my next gen piece for the athletic that just posted today, you know, I, I uh, posted the next gen run chart for David Johnson, and they were literally all within the tackle box. And when we're talking about one of the most elusive running backs in the NFL, and they're not creating any kind of space for him. They're just like, hey, you're 225 pounds. Go ahead. Create your own yards. It's just like, yeah, it's just confounding. And then two targets in the pass game, too. It just doesn't make any sense. So um, Mike McCoy obviously has not done a good job um, through two weeks. Uh, and I want to emphasize through two weeks in utilizing David Johnson. So um, it's a seven, though, less because of Mike McCoy and more just because of the overall health of the offense. The offensive line's not that great. I've been talking about that this offseason. They don't have great wide receivers. I've been talking about that this offseason. Um, and, and, you know, the reason you still like David Johnson is because you think he's game script uh, independent of game script. You know what I mean? Like, they go down 14 points, who cares? You still got to throw it. And you're going to throw it to one of your, you know, best players, and that's going to be David Johnson. You know, it's not like a Zeke situation where – they try to bring in, you know, other running backs to, to handle the pass catching load. It's like David Johnson is the pass catching load. So um, it's still a seven just because the overall health of the offense looks pretty horrible considering they have six points in two games. So that would be my, that would be the source of my concern is that can this team move the ball at all? I don't know. I think that's the bigger because I think they need to go to Josh Rosen, in my opinion. I think that another terrible week by Sam Bradford, and we're going to see a quarterback switch. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, what what what's the worst thing that can happen? You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I know they're paying Brad for twenty million or whatever, but who cares at this point? You know what I mean? It, it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think one more. I think one more bad week, and why not go to the rookie? I think it needs to be for the offense in general, but uh, with the seven, I think a little bit is with the McCoy thing again, because we saw this with Melvin Gordon and he leaves and all of a sudden Melvin Gordon's getting twice as many targets and opportunities in the passing game. That's hopefully, true. Hopefully this whole talk by Wilkes is like, you know, we need to mix, you know, be more aggressive, although whatever he's, the quotes were saying, 
it's sad that he has to say that for the offensive coordinator, but hopefully it is at least true. Two more running back situations, and then we're out of here. Packers, Aaron Jones is back. Uh, I even asked the, re- the reporters and the writers for The Athletic that cover the Packers, and they don't have an answer. So it's all speculation at this point. Exactly what the bad thing that could have happened for Jamal Williams happened. He had two subpar games. Not surprising. He faced the Bears and the Vikings. But you have Aaron Jones coming back, and we all know this, whether it's the backup quarterback, the backup anybody, the backup player in basketball, the backup's always assumed to be better because at least he, you know, has the, he has the potential. He's not what we see right now. How, where are you going with this? Are you holding on Jamal Williams because he's the pass blocker? And when I say we don't have an answer on, we don't have an answer if Aaron Jones has gotten better in that at facet. Are you an Aaron Jones? He's explosive. That's who I want. Is this, I don't want anything to do with this entire backfield. Like, where are you? Um, if Mike McCarthy has not figured out a way to utilize Aaron Jones, um, that is a huge problem there. It just can't be to me. It just can't be a, a linear thing of Jamal Williams is the better pass blocker. Therefore he needs to be in the game 90% of the time. That to me is stupid. You have to figure out a way to utilize Aaron Jones. If you, if he is one of your best, and this is what I said about John Fox last year. Um, regarding Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen is one of your most explosive athletes. you got to figure out a way to get him the ball. And you can't just sit here and tell me, well, we have Jordan Howard, so we're going to pound the rock. That is stupid. you got to figure out a way. And we're seeing that with Matt Nagy and, and Mark Helfrich, is that they're finding out, they're figuring out ways to get both guys involved, and it doesn't impact the production of either player. Mike McCarthy needs to figure out a way to get both guys involved. Uh, Jamal Williams is the better pass protector, and given this, the health status of Aaron Rodgers right now, Jamal Williams needs to be on the field. Um, that being said, Aaron Jones is one of your best playmakers. He showed that last year, I, I mean, by a million miles. And this is an offense that, again, without Aaron Rodgers, looks horrible. That's a problem. You know what I mean? You've got Jimmy Graham who's aging. You've got Devontae Adams who's probably, who is a, a very good wide receiver. You know, certainly one of the top ten receivers in the NFL. Okay, after that, the talent level falls off a damn cliff. It <laughs> falls off a cliff. I mean, Geronimo Allison is, you know, a, a usable piece. He knows the offense. Okay, fine, but he's not beasting anybody. Randall Cobb is, at this point in his career, um, not what he once was because of the myriad of injuries. It, it, the offense doesn't have a lot of playmakers. Aaron Jones is one of those playmakers. You've got to figure out a way. That, that's just – and, again, I'm not an NFL coach. Uh, I'm not sitting here telling you I play, you know, 10,000 hours of Madden, so I, could fig- I can't figure it out. But Mike McCarthy's paid millions of dollars to figure it out, and he needs to figure it out. So that, I know that doesn't help necessarily anybody in fantasy, but <laughs> – Aaron Jones is so much more explosive than Jamal Williams. If they don't figure out a way, um, and I'm a Packers fan, I would be, I would be pretty upset. I would be too. But all right, so let's, I'm going to force a decision on you. If you had to take one going forward. If I had to take one going forward, it's going to be Aaron Jones. The reason being is Jamal Williams is not a good enough athlete to ever be fantasy relevant, period. Um, all right. And that's just – disagree. And, and, and he's, he's not a good athlete. I mean, and, and the, his running style is – he's a plotter. 
you know, he's a guy that just likes to go forward and, and, and pound out a few yards here and there. Um, I, I have a little bit higher LCS things, and I know I'm kind of not, not an island, but I'm definitely in the minority on this. I'm definitely in the minority of thinking there's better for Jamal Williams. And I, I think we look at last year, he didn't play with Aaron Rodgers. He got stuck with Deshaun Kaiser. And through these first two games, no, I agree with you. He has looked like a plotter, but – I, you know, I don't want to say I'm making all the excuses for him, but I kind of am. And he's faced the Bears and the Vikings. I think if he gets an opportunity this week and gets 15 touches somewhere around there, that we can really, I think this is going to be the, this is the, the barometer week. This is the week where now we have, all right, this is what Jamal Williams could potentially do. But my biggest concern is that Aaron Jones comes in and immediately takes 50%. And Jamal Williams might be that kind of guy who needs that flow to, to, to be successful. Yeah, and, and again, it's look, if you're telling me that Jamal Williams is going to get, you know, 75% snap share, of course, give me Jamal Williams. I mean, because, you know, we're chasing volume. We're not just chasing, like, you know, athletic profile, right? So um, in fantasy, that's all that matters is, is opportunity. So if you're telling me, you know, Jamal Williams is going to get 80% snap share, of course, obviously, uh, I want Jamal Williams. But I just, I got a sinking suspicion that he won't get that. Um, and even Aaron Jones would like, I don't know, let's say like 50% snap share, but he gets 50% snap share, but every time he's on the field, he's going to, you know, at least be a threat, uh, to touch the ball. So, you know, he can legitimately challenge for, you know, 12 to 16 touches a game. That's what I want, you know, uh, just give me that guy. All right. So last one before we get out of here and I'm sure you saw what we're talking about here and what did I put? I put Patriots running backs maniacal laugh because this is one I don't know where you are I don't know if you're one of those ones that tries to get involved every single year I am not I have never been I keep saying it every single year I keep telling people go ahead and try to get the Garrett Blunt one anomaly season where he got the 18 touchdowns that was an anomaly that's just how they they don't have another one they don't have somebody where it's like hey we're inside the 10 this is the definitive person who's touching the ball every single time now everybody's back and I know we talked about this before and if we could just get rid of health you know, it's the shrug emoji like we were talking about. It's like, hey, you know what? We're down to three people. There is production here. But as of right now, we saw last week, everybody's out there. There's no real value, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, you know, I was the guy on this. I think I was on this podcast defending yeah. uh, Patriots running backs because yeah, I just – the, the ASCII shrug emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know everyone wants to say it's the shrug emoji, but to me, it's really not. You know, I, I thought to me, it's like, okay, they're playing the Jaguars. It's not a, a Burkhead game. I, I would never play Burkhead in that spot ever. To me, it was a James White game, and it was a James White game. So I actually think it's pretty easy to see what kind of game script um, and what kind of running back usage that you're going to get. I. You know, people are like, well, I don't know what to do with Burkhead or Sony Michelle. And, and, you know, we still haven't really seen both guys at 100% uh, on the field at the same time. So uh, I think that is yet to be determined. But if you have James White, it's pretty actually pretty easy to figure out the spots that he's going to have a good game or at least pro- project that he's going to have a decent game. So, um, yeah, I, st- I continue to disagree with that narrative that you can't figure out Patriots running backs. I don't think there's not a Patriots running back. I will say this. There is not a Patriots running back that you can play week in and week out. That's for sure. Um, But if you drafted them to be an RB2, that's a problem. 
you know? Well, I think, I think that's, that, that's, that's the point that I've always continued to try to make is that the people were like, you know, well, Sony Michelle is going to be Deion Lewis. I've got an RB two on my hands that I can trust all the time. And then he got hurt. And if you, I'm sure you remember this Rex Burkhead creeped up into the fifth round at the end of August. And all of a sudden it's like, well, Rex Burkhead's going to be the consistent one we can always trust. No, it's just, yeah, that, that is just, the bottom line is, man, these high-profile teams always have players that go way too high. I look at Julian Edelman. This is a guy, this is a guy that has struggles to get to 1,000 yards, struggles to get, you know, five touchdowns, and yet he's still going in the fifth round. It's just, it's bananas to me. You know what I mean? It's like, if that guy was on Washington and he was doing the exact same things, there, people wouldn't even spend a 12th-round pick on him. So it's just forget it. Like I just you know like these all these Patriots are way overvalued uh, outside of Tom Brady, and I'm just not buying it. You know. But that being said, if you do have James White, if you do have Chris Burkhead, if you do have Deion uh, if you do have uh, Sony Michelle, I, I think you can predict the game script. Um, or if you can't, then ask a fantasy analyst to predict the game script for you, and then you can figure it out. I, 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 don't, I still don't think it's that difficult, um, not any more or less difficult than figuring out other running backs in that same tier. Okay, and again, yeah. we talked about the tier of running backs that are, you know, flex consideration tiers. That, that, okay, that yeah, fle- flex consideration. Okay, yeah, of course, and I even said that. I'm 100% with you there. I said if you could give me Sonny Michelle as my third running back, preferably my fourth, put him on my team. Same thing with Burkhead, put him on my team. Right. If we want to talk DFS, put him in my lineup on the right matchup. But it was more of, again, that's where my maniacal laugh comes from is all the people yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. That, that this is the page. I, I figured it out. This is what they're saying. I figured out this is who the Patriots running back with the RB2 value is this year, and I'm going to use him. Yeah, I, that I agree with. It, it's it, again, if you drafted these guys as, as your RB two, that's a problem. I I, I would gonna, not have advocated that. Yeah, out of your damn mind. All right, so James, we, we got the official announcement out there. By the way, I forgot to mention, as always at the beginning, follow him at James D Co. And he is officially part of the Athletic. He is on the Fantasy Zone channel. If you're on Directv and you happen to watch that on Sundays, tell everybody else what you got going on. We talked about your article, all the good stuff. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I'm going to be writing a weekly article here for The Athletic, um, and um, it's basically focused on next-gen stats. And, you know, I'm, you know, kind of the next-gen stats guy, I guess, because that's my role with Fantasy Zone as well, is kind of parsing through next-gen stats and trying to give folks an edge in terms of, you know, predicting sleepers and, and predicting good and bad matchups. So I use – I mean, look, I use a lot of regular stats too, obviously – I use schedules, I use, you know, uh, targets and touches and all of those things that, that everyone is so used to now. But, um, but there was a time, you got to remember, when targets, when targets were not necessarily viewed as a predictive stat in fantasy. Um, and and that's, that obviously has changed, but now I'm trying to incorporate a lot of next-gen stats and trying to figure out if there is predictive value in next-gen stats as well. You know, you, you made me think, we're talking targets? Practice? <laughs> oh, I forgot to ask you this. Yeah. Your, your favorite moment of the weekend. Was it? I got four for you here. There's the okay. four moments. Okay. Was it Fitzpatrick looking like Conor McGregor? 
Which, yeah. by the way, I'm a little bit upset because I was the first one to make that joke, and I'm just not famous enough, by the way. I just oh, want you to know, like, like, I hit it immediately. You can go back and look at my timeline, and everybody made the same joke. Maybe some did it better than I did, but anyway. Fitzmagic looking like <laughs> Conor McGregor. Eli's yeah. face when he had got picked up from that first down, which was terrific. Vontae Davis quitting at halftime, or the fake fair catch in, fo- in college football, which I kind of have an issue with. Um, I probably would go with, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick just because that was the funniest one. Vontae Davis retiring at halftime. That might be an all time. No, 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 no. Quitting. Let's, let's, let's be realistic about it. Quitting at halftime. No, no. I, I know that he quit. Yes, he quit. hundred percent he quit. But I'm saying the fact that he officially retired as well. I mean, there are guys who have basically, you know, I don't know, didn't want to come out for the second half, and then maybe they say, oh, I'm injured. Well, who knows? You know, it's, I, I don't think it's the first time a player has quit at halftime. Uh, okay, that's fair. That's, that's fair. To, to, to my knowledge, it is, it's the first time someone's – who the hell retires at halftime? That's what somebody's like, this guy retired at halftime? Like, what? That's amazing. Like, could you imagine in baseball if it was like the sixth inning and the shortstop's just like, bap, see ya, I'm out of here. It's amazing. I mean, that is incredible. I, I've never – that's an all-timer. It's not my favorite moment of the weekend because it is kind of like WTF. But, like, yeah. you know, so I will go with the, the Fitzmagic uh, get did you, up, have, I, did you have a problem with the fake fair catch? I kind of do a little. I, I, I understand. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, hey, listen, these guys are letting up on you so that you don't get killed. Exactly. Uh, You're taking so, advantage of a situation that's preventing you from getting hurt. Right, exactly. Which, yeah, I don't know. That being said – um, well, because it, like, let's, let's look at it realistically. It, let's say one of the defenders noticed that he didn't call for the fair catch, and he's standing there. And, yeah, it just lights him up. He'll probably get flagged for, like, unnecessary roughness. Could. Could. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't have that much of a problem with it, to be honest with you, because I'll tell you what, if he got lit up, then someone is going to tell that, that receiver, like, hey, man, you got to fair catch that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So – I mean, if he's willing to risk it, eh, whatever, uh, he can risk it, you know? I mean, so there you go. I, I think he's, he's the one do, taking all the risks. Um, yeah, and, and, if, and if he gets lit up the next time he does that, well. well I'm actually kind of, you know what? Of all the people, I'm kind of surprised Bill Belichick hasn't tried that with his team. He's the one that always tries to do that with it. Like, oh, I found this secret rule where I can throw an offensive lineman 10 yards off the line of scrimmage or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's, he's always the guy that's, you know. Uh, pushing the envelope, but yeah. Does Bill Belichick um, read all 30 pages of the terms and service agreement? 100% he does. Or <laughs> if, if he doesn't, he has someone else do it for him, for sure. He's like the only guy out there, and then he, he finds a clause that, like, you know, gets him out of his cell phone contract a year early and a bonus new, new iPhone or something. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm drunk at this point. The show's over. <laughs> so it's, we'll be, I'll be back on Thursday. Uh, James will be a recurring guest at this point because, hey, he's part of the Athletic officially, pork chop sandwiches, and it's great to have him on. Uh, it was great. Go follow him. Go check out all his work. It's great insight, especially with the Next Gen Stats. I appreciate you as always, James. Yeah, man, it's always great to be part of the show. All right. Well, have a good one, everybody. And uh, as I always say, Victoria Justice, I'm still waiting to sing DuckTales with you. 